from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music and interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song.
To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number One Seven, Pune Four One One Zero Zero One, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail dot com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr dot org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. to hear God's word. Good day listeners. Today I'm going to talk on a subject which is very important, especially to us elders. You know, we don't know how long we are going to be in this earth, but the task which the Lord has given us must continue. And how will it continue? It will continue only if we train the next generation correctly because they are the ones who are going to take that work forward and so my topic today is investing in the next generation and i have taken this talk from psalms 78:1 through 8 i want you all to take time out and read these verses sometime psalms 78:1 through 8 This particular sermon focuses on getting God's people that is the church to focus on living and sharing our faith with the next generation. Have you ever thought about the fact that the only time in your life that you are really enjoying and pleased about getting older is when you were a kid? Less than 12 You are so excited about aging that you think in fractions, I'm eight and a half, I'm nine and a quarter, you would say. Twelve or older, you begin to jump to the next age. Even if you are twelve, you say, I'm going to be sixteen, you know. 
And if you are 16, you say, I will soon be 18. Then you become 21. But something happens after that point. You turn 30. You push 40. You reach 50. And you make it to 60. You hit 70. And you are in your 80s. When you are in your 90s, it goes backwards. You start counting in fractions again. You say things like, I have just turned 92. Well, no matter how old or young you are, God loves you and has a great purpose for you. In fact, our passage today teaches us that part of God's plan for us who are older is to share the Lord with the next generation. Psalm 78, 4 through 6 reads, We will not hide them from their children, showing it to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He had done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make known to their children. Other passages Jesus taught us not to hinder the little ones from coming to him, but he also set an example for a cross-section of society to be involved in ministry with his disciples. The men he chose were a variety of ages and backgrounds. We also see the example of Moses investing in Joshua and passing on the torch of leadership to him. We know that Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30. We know that Jesus began his ministry at the age of 30. According to the biblical culture, there was a difference in those age 30 and those over 30. Today, there is something about those ages too. For sociologists reveal that there are many differences in attitudes, in views and practices with the different generations. Today, what is known and called Buster and Millennial Generation or we commonly know them as Gen X and Gen Y, we see a difference in such things as their attitudes towards life, authority careers, the future, etc. As well as the place with technologies, this is a computer, visual-oriented group of people. They highly value the use of technology as a means of communication, learning as well as entertainment. They see things much more in a global perspective than previous generation. They value change as they live a constant changing world. But one of the most important aspects in relation to our subject today is just how important relationships are to them. Overall, those under 30 value these things. But if we are going to share our faith with them, 
as the Bible teaches us true, we need to understand this. So, what do we learn from this passage about sharing our faith in the Lord with the next generation? We need to really commit ourselves to sharing our faith with the next generation. You would ask the question, why? Because God's word calls us to do this. And if we don't, we lose a generation to other competing forces that are not of God. And also we live in a society filled with half-truths and false religions who are constantly competing for the soul of everybody and especially our youth. When you win the youth, you win the generations to follow. So we need a church to make a wide effort to this endeavor. You know, verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 78 reads, Which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. What does it say here? We will, their children. It is we, God's people collectively, which consists of individuals. It is not just sharing our faith with our children, as Deuteronomy teaches and other scriptures teach us, but about other people's children knowing also the generation next. Certainly, this doesn't negate the truth that we are to share our faith with our children, but it becomes the church's intention. It becomes its purpose, responsibility to train us to do that and to help in the process. And the fact that there will be many in this generation whose parents don't know the Lord or who don't take their God given responsibility to teach and share the Lord with their children. So we, as a church, must make it our priority. And we will. Verses 7 and 8, the church has an obligation. Let's read that. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Wow, very strong. You know, our church has an obligation. Our church has a responsibility. And we should make this a priority so that the next generation will first of all put their trust in the Lord. They will not forget what God has done. They will keep God's commands. They will not be like their forefathers, stubborn and rebellious. And their hearts would be loyal to God. Their spirits, faithful to God. We need to communicate the Lord to the next generation in a vital way. We know that our actions speak louder than words. And so we must live obediently and openly for the Lord 
to the next generation. This generation deals with reality in their world every day and they seek and listen to those who will be real, not pretentious or self-righteous, but real. This is the generation of real TV and life. We also need to communicate with our words. This is a verbal generation. Just ask the parents of teens or those in their 20s. And this generation is a generation based on relationship more than any other. If there is no relationship, there is very little reason or effort put to listening. They very much live by the motto, don't just tell me you care, show me. We must communicate. The latter part of verse 4 reads, The praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, the power of the Lord, and the wonders of what the Lord has done. Which begs the question, if we are to communicate the Lord to the next generation, what praiseworthy, what wonder, what powerful deeds has God done in your life recently? It can't just be about what he has done in the past, but what he is doing in today as they seek relevancy in faith. Notice, though in these verses we are not how to communicate this praiseworthy, powerful, wonderful deed of the Lord, we are told what to communicate, but not how. How we communicate is important too. As Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians 9, that he becomes all things to all people in order to win some to Christ. Missionaries understand this biblical concept as they seek to understand the culture they are ministering in. In the United States, we often forget just how different each generation is from the next, especially today. With the world changing so fast, we need to consider and take the time to get to know this generation. And we have to be willing to change some of our methods of ministry in order to communicate more effectively to the next generation as we are called to. We often quote the verse about what shall it profit to man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul. We could easily translate this verse to be, What shall it profit the kingdom of God if we keep our methods of ministry and traditions and yet lose the soul of the next generation? You know, in conclusion, I'd like to just read a few portions of what I have uh, compiled. In the great awakening revivals of the 18th and 19th century, one of the reasons was a new focus on winning the youth, the next generation, to Christ, where more mature believers in God prayed for young people and mentored them in faith. This focus by the church produced such things and departments like Sabbath school and YMCA and the youth ministry and all the other departments which had to do with youth. So as we consider this youth, look around you. 
we are definitely a multi-generational church. We have babies and people up to 90s, but we don't have a lot of those under 30, do we? Today, God's word teaches us that we need to be committed to sharing the Lord with the next generation. We need the entire church involved in this endeavor. And we need to communicate all that the Lord has done in our lives, but it needs to be in relationship. What is our priority and commitment as a church to reaching the next generation for Christ? What changes would God call us to make in order to better communicate the Lord with this Gen X? These are questions that we have to be asking ourselves and that we need to constantly be praying about in order to be obedient to God's word. Now to those under 30, I want to say a quick word to you today. Remember, God loves you. He really does. And we love you and we care about you very much. We really do. I'm not saying there aren't areas we can't improve to help communicate the truth of God and his word to you. But we do care. It is our true desire that you will know the Lord, trust him, follow him, and even be faithful to him than we are at times. There is not a youth event that goes by that a couple of people in the church don't ask me if there is someone they can help by contributing to the finances so that someone can go to the college or can complete the education. You see, we do care and we love you. God wants to use you. In his power, he can use you for eternal purposes in the life. Jesus had John Mark, who was probably only around 16. David wasn't that old when God used him. Timothy, he was young when God used him as a pastor. So God can use you today, my friends, as you seek and follow him. Please remember that the choices you make today will affect your life in the future. And think about this. One day you will grow old and probably have children. Don't do anything you don't want to have to explain to your children because you will have to explain to them what you did when you were young. Lastly, know that we as adults can learn from you. You remember my verse for you earlier on, 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down upon you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Yes, dear friends, the Lord needs everyone in his church. So let us make a commitment today, we elderly people, to help the next generation. And the youth, it is up to you to totally give yourselves to the Lord. Let's bow heads for prayer. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for giving us this youth whom we can grow loving you and caring about you. 
Bless them, dear God, so that they grow up in a right way, knowing that they too will take our place someday. They too will have someone to teach, and they may do it in exactly the way you want them to do. So we bring them to your feet, dear God. Continue to bless them and help them grow in your love. Help them to understand that they are loved and they are cared for. Because this few mercies ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Scriptures says, Your world is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Psalms 119 verse 105. Indeed, my dear listener, what a treasure we have in God's word. The Holy Bible is relevant to today's issues and gives solid guidance for daily living. With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411-001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org slash English program. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye. And God bless you.